0: Hello and welcome to another episode of You Said 100 Miles. I'm your host, Bob, and uh, we're here today to have a, a very fun conversation uh, with a special guest. Before I, before I introduce him, uh, the, one thing I I wanted to make a note of is that there are people in the ultra running world who, you know, they start, they start in like track or whatever, and they build themselves up to a half marathon, eventually a marathon. Maybe they do that for a few years and then they like kick into 50 Ks and maybe kind of one day jump to 50 mile. And like years later they decide, um, that, okay, I'm going to give a try at a hundred miles. Um, we're not those kind of people. Uh, we, uh you know th- there are other people who are like, "Hey, um every time I finish a distance, my qu- what's in the back of my head is, can I can I finish the next distance?" And uh and it, it's it's kind of a sickness, but uh it's also been a lot of fun. And uh so without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest today, Ellie Beach. Welcome to You Said 100 Miles. Bob, thanks for having me on. You
1: said 100 miles. Question mark somewhere in there? <laughs> uh,
0: oh, we can put question marks everywhere. Let's just put a like, You, it be said, after the you? 100. said 100 miles. <laughs> <You>? <laughs> Does that mean you're looking at me and you're like, you? You, yeah. you ran was 100 it, miles. Was it you that you? said it? <laughs> was it the person next to you? <laughs> I, I was at a I was at REI the other night and um trying on a shoe. And the gentleman who was helping me uh, definitely was like giving me the you have no idea what anything <laughs> is about shoes treatment. And to be fair, I you know, I've got like I like wearing really baggy sweats. So like you walk in. And I'm a big guy to begin with, so I don't look like a runner, um, and so I like I I get it, but it is hysterical for me, like anytime that happens,
1: (laughs) I that honestly makes me think. I know we're already like loosely off topic, like I wonder if Courtney DeWalters walking into like REI or like she doesn't go out and buy her own shoes, I guarantee, but whatever let's go off the premise that she does. She's walking into REI in her like basketball shorts, buying her next pair of trail shoes. And mm-hmm. the REI employee has no idea who she is. And just like, who's this poser? buying These like bricks, whatever's just giving her a crown for, for being a poser because she's wearing her gym shorts or whatever the hell she wears.
0: That would be a really, really funny exchange. <laughs> I would love oh. To see that. oh my gosh. That would be great. Uh, or yeah would, so that makes me think about um i i heard a story from uh the infamous oak miller about he went on a trip to europe um a year or two ago and he came back and he said you know he went to like a running store over there and like they had like a cardboard cutout of killian like whereas over here you know no <laughs> Dude, no, your your bog standard running store employee he has no idea who Jim Walmsley, who Courtney, any ultra runners are. Um, but you know over there he's like a, a god almost. So it, it's really? kind of bizarre.
1: Well, that was like uh, I think I remember hearing the story after Carl uh, saw how do you say his name he finished the fifth league with the Barkley. There were thoughts he got returning. Is he Belgian? Whatever nationality he is, but the response he got back, um, returning back to Belgium, leon going back to Spain, wherever he's from, like just mm-hmm. the same responses. And then, you know, like, we don't give a shit. Like, you know, I on this. Uh,
0: no, in America, you might get like a documentarian who wants to come and uh, talk to you about how, how this insanity that you've done, <laughs> and that's maybe it. <laughs> um. So, talking. About, let's let's talk about a little bit about your last couple of months because this has been, this has been interesting. So, um, as I mentioned, like in a kind of our our little warm up, um, that largely I've been trying to focus on. If I'm going to interview people, it's people who have been involved in the Badger, and um, you and I both ran the Badger this year. Uh, yep. First hundred finish for both of us. Uh, we're gonna get to why we specifically called you in for today, but what did how? Tell me a bit about Badger. Like, how did it go for you?
1: Uh, man, I think there's so much that like diving into a hundred is just such a, a smack in the face moment. I think mm-hmm. for now having done some more hillier, birdier type of races that. You can look at Badger as like a, an easy hundred, but no matter what, I think I can, you can run a million hundreds. No hundred is ever going to be so No. Badger went as good as I can hope for. I had to pull it back up to see what I finished, but I think it was, it was an amazing experience. Like your, your first hundred is always going to be one of the most memorable experience of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, badger especially just the the miles nation being the aid stations everything about it was just such an incredible experience with that community to support you along the way um, i can dive in a lot more beyond that, but that's that's kind of the the big overview is truly just such an incredible first hundred that that made yeah. me wanting more and more yeah
0: it was uh yeah it, it's amazing uh, and i uh i i th- I think it's here's the here's the question i want to because you you know and interestingly i went back and listened to your uh 10 Junk miles uh meet the nation episode earlier today just to make sure and you know you're you had a pretty similar trajectory that i did of you started um you started jumping up in distance and you know kind of at the height of the pandemic and then as the pandemic um kind of started fading, you got into actual races and just kept jumping, jumping, jumping. And when when you were going into what did how do you feel about hundreds post Badger versus before Badger? Like what was your anxiety level going into it and did that drop now?
1: Um cool. I mean, anxiety level going into it. I think I put it in the or in the Slack channel together, but in in the chat talking to other people, like I wanted to throw up every moment as soon as I. So I live in Mississippi now, yeah. um, and did before Badger, but as soon as I landed in Chicago, and then finally uh, drove into Wisconsin, is that where I stayed? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think I stayed in Wisconsin. Uh as soon as I got to my hotel, like that sense of like almost impending doom in dread, <laughs> just like hit like a wall of bricks. Um, so it yeah, that, that was the initial feeling. Um and I think some of that broke down again because of the not to keep harping on it. And I think I I don't want to take away from uh Tenjunk Miles or the Badger community, but I think one of the things I love so much compared to and what drew me to trail running and ultra running versus road running is the community. And I think that was one of the things, especially at um, when I got in the packet pickup that day, I'd roll into Dots Tavern for um, Badger for anyone that doesn't know packet pickups at this tavern in the middle of nowhere between like tucked in between some cornfields, um, yeah, yeah. but roll up and get to meet this handful of people that i've only known through facebook groups and through mm-hmm. like instagram likes and strava kudos um and so there's immediately just this like almost comfort that you get and then this year there was also a beer mile that was started uh thanks to one of the other people uh chris perry who which i participated in using some uh seltzer waters which mm-hmm. arguably might have been worse but um, <laughs> Roundabout. Getting back to your actual question, uh, how did I feel after in terms of hundreds? I think it finally once I crossed the finish line. I think it helped to break down that barrier. It made me realize the accessibility of hundreds. Like that, it sounds even the words coming out of my mouth. I recognize that sounds so ridiculous because you still get so many people when I tell them that I I air quotes run uh, run hundreds do hundred mile mm-hmm. races. Um, how ridiculous that still sounds to people, but it's t- such an accessible environment because especially for Badger, the cutoff is, is it 36 hours, 48, 36, 36. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you can have a pretty steady clip on that. And I felt yeah, even then for my first hundred felt good about being able to finish in the work and effort I put into that. but it, yeah being able to cross that for the first time and complete such a difficult challenge made it feel a lot more accessible and made me feel like I could take some swings at some of the other things I've done so far.
0: Uh, I've got one follow-up comment and and we're going to get to those big swings uh, and uh, which are great, Uh, which is I, I, I knew this would be the case. I knew once I finished one, like, I'd, I'd be able to say, okay, th- this is how crappy I'm going to feel. This is, you know, these are the things that I really have to focus on and, you know, worry about. And uh, and, and that, that in and of itself has been really helpful. I think it also has a, a slightly negative impact sometimes because... It's like, well, I know in a lot of circumstances I could go and finish this race if I didn't have a great training block, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, like Bandera, for me, like I had an absolutely terrible training block. I knew I would finish, uh, but it was, you know, that kind of works against, it can work against you a little bit. And um, so... Uh, it's it's nice having the monkey off the back it's nice to be like looking forward and saying okay what what do i want to do next and i know whatever dumb thing i i i want to do i have a much better idea of like can i do it or you know or or how long will it take me to be ready to do it because like I have Leadville on my list of would like to do one day. And a lot of that is just, it's such a notoriously big killer of Mm -hmm. Flatlanders. So like that, that's that little cat like out there. It's like, Hey, can you do it? Can you do it? And I know, I know I can't do it next year. Um, I know I need more time, uh, because that is just, it's a fast race. It's a hard race, but, um, you know, it, it's a lot better. So, um, and then, so me looking forward. Uh, I ended up signing up for Run Rabbit Run next year, which has a thirty-six awesome. hour cutoff. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to yeah, that.
1: That's going to be just such a super fun race. i I do a lot well, especially now since I've since my last run, yeah, I've just been on the bike and all I've done is watched videos of mic. <laughs> and I watched a lot and that just looks like such a killer course.
0: Yeah, I've you um you've probably watched the SemiRad video he did for REI. Yeah. That that one it, it was interesting SemiRad uh Brendan Leonard uh he he's a large part of the reason I'm here now because he was one of the first guests I heard on Ten Junk Miles, and then I started following him. I watched his video, and so he was a big uh, inspiration to me. Um, So I kind of came up with a plan that I wasn't going to run another 100, at least until next year, and I mean, I guess in a way, you didn't run another 100 until the following year. Uh, 365 days hadn't passed, but... (laughs)
1: That was initially my plan, so I, <laughs> I had no intentions of running another hundred as soon as I did, and then lotteries we'll find a way.
0: So, uh, so for our listeners, uh, Elliot here um, decided to put his name in the hat for Hurt, and if you don't know about Hurt, um, it is the Hawaii Ultra Trail, or wait, Hawaii Ultra. What it, it's RT, right? Ultra runners trip. It's in Hawaii. It's run by that group. Um, it's their hundred mile race, and it 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 has a reputation, a, a slight reputation for being kind of difficult um and you put your name in the hat for it. what wh- what was it a well lotteries take forever odds are so low i might as well put my name in the hat kind of thing
1: yeah so this wasn't even the first year i put it in i put my name in last year too didn't oh really get selected um and this yeah this is one of the ones i've had my eye on for a while um so i mean it's Hawaii. Like you you can't turn down a hawaii um mm-hmm. and it's one that i've heard so much about for so long it's yeah. giving way more background and to being a little bit of a douche here but one of the books i read really early on was um one of goggins's book um what's his like original like is it you can't hurt me I don't know. I think yeah. that's like, the, yeah. yeah. So, and so saw it through that, um, watch again, I, all I do in my background is like put up race <laughs> videos. Um, and so I've watched a bunch from that. And mm-hmm. so it just looked interesting. It looked like a challenge, but it was also one of the ones that the way the lottery breaks down, it just isn't super likely. At least I didn't think it would be. Um, mm-hmm. But I also didn't fully understand how the lottery worked. And so just to break that down, so they have a pool for the veterans. So um, they define veteran as anyone that's, I think it's anyone that's completed three or more times. Um, Oh, okay. pool, Pool for anyone that's put their name in but never been selected. And then they have a pool for anyone that's finished one or more times and then wasn't selected or. Basically, anyone else that doesn't fit those other two pools.
0: Uh, okay, so that uh, sounds complicated.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that's why I put it in because so I didn't fully understand it, and I didn't think it. It, it was short and sweet. Um, right. And so, it it, but cool. it
0: does it does sound like from that perspective, though there is if it's something you want to do, there is an incentive to put in um yeah. at some point it's not like states where like you build tickets but the they're the you you will get some sort of extra benefit to to putting it in at least once
1: yeah i think they they have like what they call in i'll um, butcher the pronunciation kukui nuts it's like a local hawaiian nut um but that's what they instead of like tickets they have mm-hmm. these nuts and you build up more nuts um in like pool I was in this year based on the number of years you weren't selected. So if you weren't oh. if you're not selected for X number of years, you're probably more likely um, and apologize to any actual hurt committee members that listen to this. And I totally butcher it. But yeah, I think if you don't get in for X number of years, you're, you're more and more likely. Um, I think the way I calculated it though, I still only have like a less than 10% chance if my was right. Based on what mm-hmm. they had, because I think they had like close to 500 entrants across all three pools, not including all the um, staircucuins that they had in there too. <laughs> so it's still like pretty long shot.
0: Yeah, I'm looking. So they have a very nice um, PDF on their website explaining the lottery process, and I, I, I'm not going to be able to. Uh, digest all of this, but, um, it, it is, I do like how, I mean, how, how much detail they have about it here. Um, so, okay. So there's three buckets and you didn't think you'd get in, but you went for it anyways. Uh, so you, you, you had applied for it last year too. Do you think you how do you feel you would have fared if you had run it last year not having run Badger yet? I would have died. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know if there's a better way to put it. I would have just died. Uh there's there's no way I would have finished. Um hurts already hard enough as it is like i mm-hmm. I, I need to look to, at the finishing results cuz there's a handful of people that this was it was their first 100 mile race was the hurt uh, 100 this year and yeah. i don't know how many of them finished but it's it's just so technical and such a challenge in every way between the heat and humidity the there's a river crossing in there the mud the roots um the verb everything it it would have absolutely eaten me alive so
0: pre-badger
1: absolutely not um i mean even post-badger was still i mean i was not to jump the the gun on this uh i was still only about half an hour ahead of so Still,
0: that was going to be my next question because I saw you were 35 hours, 34 minutes, and what it's a so it's a 36 hour cutoff, yeah,
1: yeah, okay. So it's, I mean, even post badger was still a, a lot. So I, I don't want to take away from my mental toughness and the tenacity and challenge and drive as an individual, but I mean, I still learned so much from badger. I mean, just the pacing strategy and nutrition strategy, water intake, like liquids, all of that. So I, I yeah, absolutely do not think would have done nearly as well without finishing first, or at least attempting first.
0: Yeah, I, I think that makes. There's a. I've been seeing this quote a lot lately, um, especially in the ultra running sphere. Uh, in fact, that's. I think this is the only time I've seen this quote from Bobby Knight. Uh, the will to win is not nearly as important as the will to prepare to win. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Goggins and, and there's been a, an inspiration for you. And it's interesting because it does seem one of the things that comes out that people sometimes get from Goggins is that as long as they're tough enough, they can still do it. And that's not necessarily true. <laughs> no, no.
1: I, well, I do want to backtrack and say Goggins isn't necessarily my inspiration. He's just where sure. I think I learned about hurt first. Oh, okay. Uh, I think there's, there's so much about the people just like, there's so much. I feel like people misconstrue that Goggins is mental toughness and like physical toughness. And they like distract from what you just said about that Bobby Knight quote, like, they yeah. try to take this mental toughness and ignore the the preparedness piece. Um, yeah, and I think he's also like when you're a Navy SEAL, you can get away with that, but when you're Joe Schmo coming off the couch and just trying to also deflect from all of your other life issues, you can't. So no. sorry. Other
0: than, oh other no rents. no. <laughs> well, it, it it that's it's an interesting because not to go too tangenty but it's funny because like every time Goggins gets mentioned that there's kind of that eye roll when you know because if you're not if you're if you're somebody who's not a Goggins like disciple if you will um which is funny because I feel like a lot of those people get his message wrong like you just said um there's always there's always got to be that comment about it and um it's it's weird the guy's fascinating Mm
1: -hmm. he
0: really is i think he's insane um but i you know it's it's weird how it's interesting to me how he's been able to apply that mentality of being able to push to the absolute limit for things he's he's not he doesn't have to do mm-hmm. you know, what What I always, what I've said to people before is while I've never been in combat, I can imagine, yeah, it's easy to push yourself to the limit in combat because it's life or death. Um, and you know, so he would have some of that context, but it's not life or death if you finish a hundred or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It, right. So, but he, and he still does it. I mean, he, 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 he pushed himself into to rabdo once and uh like he's he's a, he's a nut he's not um and and you know i i think he's good as long as you you remember the context behind it yeah, yeah
1: yeah and i think that's what a lot of people miss out on like you can't you can't deny him as an individual is he's absolutely just a phenomenal athlete like uh great again if you take everything with a grain of salt and understand what the greater context is and that he also again went through navy seal training and like ranger training and all this other stuff that also gave him a lot more than most individuals to do some of these crazy things
0: for sure so you got um so you learned about her from his book and now had had is Hawaii a place you've been before?
1: No just, the trip for her was the first time I'd ever been
0: you know,
1: okay um, my um furthest personal travel in general,
0: oh okay, that's pretty cool and did Did you get to spend any time there, or was it just you wait, you raced you came back
1: uh a little bit. I flew in the Tuesday before and then flew out the Monday after, so we got about. Was that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday—about four days of sort of casual downtime. But uh, I was talking to someone else, and just there's so many, especially for this race, there's just so many pre-race jitters that I just felt uh, not a lot of energy to to go out and do and see some of those things.
0: Yeah, I can understand that for sure. How was the atmosphere at the start line?
1: Uh, it was man hard to differentiate between the start line and like this start line the one between yeah. between the years yeah so i think for me it's still just so much the mixture of like excitement and energy and again that feeling of like holy shit like i'm about to like do easily the hardest like race ever like one mm-hmm. of the toughest physical challenges of my life but also the energy of like being on this journey with 130 some other people so there was a lot of excitement um the her race directors or race committee brought out um a hawaiian native to do um what they called like a hawaiian native ceremony where they flew a conch shell and um kind of said some hawaiian native saying um to give us kind of a a blessing as we started off so it's kind of a a cool atmosphere to to kick off, which I really enjoyed.
0: Nice. That's pretty cool. I I did. um, So I, I had to, I had to do a little bit of reading on her before this, because um, I, it's not a race that's really been on my radar as something I want to do. Um, and I know somebody out there is going to criticize, they're going to come back and say, Bob, everything's on your radar. What, What are you talking about? You're, you're full of it. Um, but really it really wasn't. And so, um, I knew I knew by reputation that it's a notoriously hard rate with a very high DNF rate. And, uh, you know, just looking at this year's results, um, there were 75 finishers to 57 DNFs so that's ancient pretty close to 50-50 um uh, on the scale there which is pretty amazing and here's so i'm doing just a quick quick look and there are so we said 75 finishers. And I'm just looking at golden hour uh finishers. And if I can count this quickly, so that is so 19 people of the 75 finish in the golden hour, which is amazing. And then roughly the same amount the hour before, you know, they're they're very very few, you know, before. There are only three finishers of the race who finished under 24 hours, which is incredible. And, I mean, the course record's 1935,
1: so. This, one of the big changes to this year, so about, I can also just lie. Less than a month before the race start, uh, there was a landslide. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word uh, that impacted a pretty significant portion of the course, and so you've yeah, seen one of the emails from just after Christmas. So I think the landslide itself was pre twelve twenty five, and so they were spending basically up until the end of December figuring that. And so that changed the, the course a decent bit. Okay. Um, and so typically the course doesn't have as much road as it did this year, which did okay. change it a decent bit. And I think probably increased that finisher rate. I think the math that they, if I'm correctly, kind of like finisher sure. percentage is like 57 or 67%. Typical um, year, it's like sub-50, like you said. Yeah. But that, yeah. That was one of the big unknowns for such a long time that we were preparing for this course. And there's about a six-mile section that was completely off. And so, okay. like, one, there's for me, I don't know if it was a realistic concern, but a personal concern of whether or not the race was even going to happen a little bit, which obviously okay. unrealized. Um, and then to the follow up concern of like, what the hell is this new course? Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about that for a second. So this is something that I've I've given some considerable thought to. And um, somebody on Reddit was really angry at um, my discourse on, on this particular topic, um, which is investing thinking about the the you know is it worth it to invest so much time energy and money into races when there is a risk of them not going on um because it's it's not like it's not like a marathon. You know, if your marathon gets canceled or like so um the Miami marathon's tomorrow and shock running in Miami is going to be hot. Um but it is going to be I think it's supposed to be a more uh it's supposed to be warmer than normal. Um so people aren't going to run their best times for sure. Um almost certainly some people will decide not to run or they'll run and they'll jog it in and save themselves to go run another race. You can't do that with a hundred. You know, if you're, if your race gets canceled, there's not just another race to go pop into next week, you know? Um, and with, especially, you know, some of the more popular ones, like you, you can't, even if there was, you couldn't get into one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, i I don't think it's a I don't think it's a reason not to do it, but i I think it's worth considering, and I think it's worth it for race directors to remember that. Um, because if you know, if you you don't want to get a reputation as being a race that cancels races.
1: I think that's the. I mean, so many thoughts flowing through. Because so initially, I was gonna argue back and be like, "Well, now that like there's been such a proliferation of hundred miles, mileage out there," but then I've been training for hurt, which is like five twenty mile loops of over five thousand feet per loop. I'm not finding a race similar to that anywhere in the country in a in. The month of January, or realistically, no. like you're not finding one to one races, like you might find another hundred mile race
0: right. close
1: enough time frame, but you're not finding one to ones like you could for a marathon, like you're saying, so yeah, um, and I think I feel like especially for ultras, you're probably not seeing that as much, like we're you're purposely going through crap conditions, like if yes. anything race directors are purposely setting it up to be during the worst times of the year to make it harder. Um, It's like that is an intentional part of the brutality of this stupid thing that we choose to put ourselves through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it is funny. And I was, I was thinking about it because there, there were a couple of, there were a couple of high profile cancellations last year. And, um, you know, the ones I'm thinking of there, one was out of the race director's control entirely. Um, because of permit thing in the park. Another one was mother nature decided to destroy the state of Vermont. Um, and totally understandable. And there was one other one that seemed a little more on shaky ground, but, um, It's a lot, and it's 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 tough emotionally to to set yourself up for that and then have it taken away. And so many people experienced that at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. How many all the races in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty that were canceled? Like I'm sure all ultra runners who have been doing it for any time longer than you or I had that experience, and. Um, you know, that would be, that would be harsh, but, but your race went on. And, uh, so every time I look at a picture of her, I see a lot of roots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a couple. That's not just the same picture from the same spot on the course over and over. <laughs> I'm seeing no. no. Let
1: me see so to to break it down a little there's on the the start line you go up this immediate seven tenths of a mile hill that you immediately get at least 700 feet um mm-hmm. and that's just a really rocky climb um and yeah. that it just sucks it was great that you're hitting it on the first loop because it was still dark so you just didn't know what you're looking up to um you just could ignore it really. Um, and then that is one of the rootier sections. And then there's a downward section going towards, uh, the other major aid station for this year. There's usually three main aid stations. When I mentioned the landslide that cut off, um, what's one of the popular ones, the Pirates aid station that cut that one off. Um, uh, okay. so they were at a different location, but the other main aid station, New Anu, um, is another one that has just a shit ton of roots, and that it just seems to never end. There's a it's called I'm going to the name, so I'm not going to try. There's a flat section that is just straight up roots, uh, for probably <laughs> a, almost a full mile, and then it's runnable, and then you go down this pretty treacherous uh descent into the Nuuanu aid station that gets super rooty on top of being very money um, but it felt for someone that was more athletic than I uh, and in better shape and better prepared it felt like it still would have been reasonably runnable um, so especially for Ihor who was the first place guy man, mm-hmm. year, I assume he took full advantage of, of some of that course change but I think one of the rootier sections, definitely, if I'm remembering right from what I was preparing for, would have been Manoa, which is
0: okay. Yeah, interesting. Now I'm I'm looking at the elevation profile right now, and so if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, um, so you leave an aid station every time you leave an aid station you've got like a 1500 foot climb
1: pretty much yes.
0: and then you descend into the next aid station repeat yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so it was slightly different um, in the are you looking at the book of her the pdf yes yeah i think that that's the that may still have the yeah that still has been so it's a little bit different but not that different sure uh, but still roughly the same same profile but more or less because you climb 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 drop go into pirates climb, climb, climb. yeah yeah that that still reads pretty accurately for the new course as well
0: um okay That's pretty, that's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Interesting
1: is a word to use.
0: So, so you shared on, on Slack that you had a little bit of an incident around mile 13.
1: So what happened there? Yeah, so uh, coming down into, like I said, they're pretty pretty gnarly descent into the Nuuanu aid station. Um, so again, only about 13 miles in, was feeling pretty good. Lap one was uh, was my fastest lap overall, but that was still still a little while. 20 mile loops, um, mm-hmm. so it's about maybe three miles from the Nuuanu aid station, um, and I was just coming down off this kind of rocky lip. Jumping down and roll the shit out of my left ankle, just like absolutely brutalize it. And it's—I've rolled my ankles pretty consistently. I think we all have as trail runners, ultra runners. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just—it's uh, part for the course. It's what you do. You just grow strong. This wasn't one of those. This wasn't one of the ones that you just like kind of run through. So. Yeah, I had to, to walk it in for a little while before I was able to to power through on it, but it 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 did a number on me for, for at least a couple of miles before I got back to the new Anu Aid station and then left there again. And then yeah. if anyone is interested, you can find it on Facebook, but by my lady that's man boy and blown up. like man no I've yeah. ever seen. It was, hey, it was nasty.
0: Did did you did you at any point were you concerned that that it was a bad enough uh, that that it was actually an injury that you should really think about should I continue or not? Not
1: no not really Uh, okay momentarily I guess I'll say momentarily when uh, when I got in for after the fourth loop my crew and pacers sat me down and they called over the um, like aid station like the for the aid station to help look at my um, blisters not necessarily my ankle but they saw my ankle it was literally like a Pablo Picasso um, and they're like oh this, this probably needs addressed more than your blisters and one of them was like you more than likely have torn a ligament and I was like oh okay so like what does that actually mean for, for me? In my it's like, well, nothing really, but like, you probably tore something. And I was like, but I can still run. And they're like, <laughs> honestly, I don't know how you're running on it. And I was like, you know, me either. But if I'm allowed to go, I'm going to keep going. They're like, it's on you, but sure. and So that was the only moment. And until that very moment, when I thought they might pull me for it, um, but yeah, otherwise, I literally, besides the maybe two miles that I had to, like, not even two miles, probably overestimating, but whatever the period of walking on it immediately after bowling, um,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: was really the only period that I truly felt it. Um, beyond yeah. that, I think it, honestly, I think it swollen a- enough and did its job to trying to protect me uh, mm-hmm. that I didn't feel it until well after.
0: Mm. There's a there is a great photo you have posted of uh, you at mile 85 um I believe it's at and um the look on your face is just uh, you, like you, I can't even describe it it's just amazing <laughs> like why am I here what is going <laughs> there might in or alternatively there's just nothing there there's just no thoughts whatsoever
1: (laughs) there wasn't a lot going on there um this is one of my kind of like left and down. yeah 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 there was nothing going on there it was after one of the climbs and i I was just shoving food in my mouth i was so like at such a stupid caloric deficit by then and it was Mm -hmm. just ready to be done and my feet were just so messed up and i was just so tired of it and like I was just over it and just ready to be done, and yeah, the, there was nothing going on between the between my ears.
0: Yeah, I can respect that. The, so was um, so. Do you, you know, you're talking about being at too much of a caloric deficit. Do you did your nutri- Did you execute your nutrition the way you wanted to? And not at all. No. no okay. All. No, cool. and
1: that's the hilarious <laughs> thing. So that was one of my biggest takeaways from Badger. It was like my so when I ran Badger, I my stomach just got. Old. I think mm-hmm. I was thirty miles in. What I'm now pinpointing to a avocado roll that I think I too much, a little too much air, and I think you know, my stomach for the next seventy miles. Um, oh. And so. that really made me focus on throughout my training, throughout my other races, leading up to uh, her, made me focus on nutrition. Uh, and so I had a um, little like sandwich or gallon-sized bag for each loop mm-hmm. at each of the, the two start-finish aid station, then one aid station that I was yeah. supposed to pick up and eat from each time that had the exact number of calories, like sodium, protein, and carbs. So I had it down to the gram for the number of hours I planned on being out for those loops. And by the time I finished and got the drop bags back, I still had three of those bags in the new Uanu drop bag still, and still had like two in the start finish one. So I was behind by a solid like 3,000 calories at least. Mm Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's just, by the time, what's the, like, is it the Mike Tyson saying that's like, you don't have a plan until, or have a plan when you get punched? I don't know. Whatever the saying is about having a plan when you get punched in the face, um, that was what I needed for her, because I had no plan once her hurt punched me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So th- it's interesting about trying to plan nutrition. This is, you know, this is, you know, the 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 kind of the famous quippy thing to say is like, "Oh, ultra runs are are eating competitions with running in between." And what I have I found for myself, and this became really apparent at Bandera, because Bandera is like the first race that I've done that I've actually flown to um you know most of, everything else I've done I've uh I I've, I've just driven to it's been pretty close even uh Tunnel Hill I mean it was 5 hour drive but it was still drive so I had way too much stuff so um Bandera like okay I had to be a little bit tighter than I normally um am and what I kind of feel like i figured out with all that is um i feel like it's much more for me it's much more important to utilize what's at the aid stations well than to try and pack what i need in my bag like i i what i'm doing now is i'm treating my aid station or my my drop bags as this is here in case I run across a terrible aid station, and that's it. Because, uh, you don't know, you know, you don't know what you're going to be feeling for food when you get there. You don't know if you're going to want sweet or salty, or, I mean, in my case, I always need salty. But you know what? What you can do. So, I find like if I can just take like navigate the the aid station table better yeah. that had that paid off a lot more for me than than messing around with drop bags
1: yeah and that's that's i think well i think for me it was the 50 50 i didn't take advantage enough of the the aid stations because her has some phenomenal they had so much food so many options and i didn't take advantage enough and on the other side it was my feet were just so messed up. I think I was prioritizing that piece over trying to sure. to consume anything and I think that it just outweighed it and I was killing too much time and got concerned about that. And yeah. And I'm also at the point of is it the dunning crew or no? What is that like the scale where it's like the, the more you know the less you actually know whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about?
0: I'm I'm familiar with the concept I, don't, I didn't know the name, if Let's that is the name.
1: It. Let me see if it's Dunning-Kruger.
0: Dunning-Kruger is something. I know that. I've heard
1: yep. that. Okay. So, yeah, it's Dunning-Kruger. So the more ignorant you are, the more confident about your knowledge you are. And then the more knowledge mm-hmm. you gain, the, less the more you realize you know nothing. And then you start to even out. So I'm very much at the like the trough of like I know enough to realize I know absolutely nothing. Um
0: You're in the valley of despair.
1: Yes, yes. And so I think hurt <laughs> hurt beat me down in so many ways. And so I'm I think I'm at a point of wanting to like take a fresh look at so much stuff of, of my running and I think it's fun and exciting piece, but it was uh. That's very much one of them. Is the the nutrition is like, or not even nutrition. I feel like I feel good enough about it, but like more of like the drop bags and aid stations and stuff.
0: Yeah, we were so. I was talking with folks about Bandera, and you know, I, I had very specifically called out like how I was very nervous going into Bandera because. I, I barely ran in December and, um, and I just wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling fit and, um, and somebody pointed out to me and it may have been Tom Ralph, um, who, that, you know, okay, you know, you're not, you know, like any time goal or whatever probably is, unrealistic just worry about execution just get the technical bits right and focus on that and that's your goal for the race and that was really helpful because that i feel like i did do the the technical parts right i i held back at the start of the race when you know because shocker everyone always starts races too fast you know it's just a matter of how how far you get before you realize it and you start pulling back and you know i i thought i did pretty well i you know i started pulling back pretty early i pushed myself to the level where you know i i wasn't going to like push like fall off a cliff and and death march it in like i I felt really good about it and i'm so in a way in a lot of ways i'm glad I had that experience in an environment where I had enough time to you know to to fall back on um unfortunately, I didn't need the full twenty four hours um yeah. but um for for your situation like did you did you in did you have any kind of expectation of how, of what you want? Did you have any time goals?
1: Um, I would be lying if I said no. Um, mm-hmm. They were they're always unrealistic. But I think when I saw the switch, that change of the course to include more road, I felt more confident and thought I would do better and faster. And so mm-hmm. I was shooting for somewhere like 33, 34 hours in um, okay. my bare, bare minimum. I finishing was always the the minimum or like the, the expectation, the goal. Right. Um, again, I'm coming from Mississippi and it is just so flat here. It is. There's nothing to be gained. I, one of my training runs um, that I did right at the start of training for her was a it was either three or four hours on this mm-hmm. half mile section of road that the hill and I'm gonna air quote this like hell <laughs> the hill only got me like 150 feet of gain. And it's hard to explain to people, especially like I, um, Oxford where I live doesn't have a really any ultra runners, there's one other guy really that I know. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to explain to the like road runners and especially the runners, and they're always like, "Oh, Oxford's like super hilly." Yes, it has hills; it is hilly. Um, but when you try to explain that you're training for a race that has climbs of 700 feet, or that you're training to like do 5,000 feet over 20 miles, um, it just doesn't quite do it. So it. That basic expectation was just to finish because I I didn't have a lot to work with locally for.
0: Yeah. Did you? And uh, just to be clear, you have a bigger hill than I do. So. No. I have my my biggest my biggest vert around is about a hundred feet. That's it. (laughs) Did you do any? Did you do any treadmill climbing in training?
1: Not a lot, um, a little bit, but yeah, but not, not very much. Okay. Yeah. There's this uh, state park over in Alabama, three hours away from me.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: I would do. It has this hill that's roughly a hill, pretty climb, about a mile long. That's like six hundred feet. Um, mm-hmm. So I would do like four, six, eight hours of just straight up repeats on that. Um, Okay. Which would give me a solid amount of vert, which was really helpful for training, but it's also three hours away, so that was a a doozy to handle.
0: Right. That's that's such a big difficulty about this kind of training is you know, it's like trying, especially for people like us who live in places where, you know, uh, the conditions for races that we have interest in just don't exist around us, mm-hmm. Um it, and it is tricky. Um I kind of, kind of, I, I, I have two feelings about. Because on one hand, it's like, like I was mentioning about Leadville earlier, like that adds to kind of the the challenge and like the desire to to one day get to that point Mm -hmm. but on the other hand it's like do I really do I really want to sign up for something like this knowing I'm not going to be able to train the way I would really like to and knowing that like I my only goal is going to be to finish Mm -hmm. like that you know, it's not. There's not going to be any goal of like, maybe I could hit this time or maybe I could hit that time. You know, it's just everything I do. Like, if I go, you know, I'm going to run Rabbit Run. My goal, finish. If I were to go to like bighorn Horn or any, God forbid, I get in the Hard Rock at some point. Like, it's always just finished. and and in. So that's kind of a, there's a little bit of a mental game that I'm having with thinking about ultra racing. And, um, I'm not sure where I'm going to land on that.
1: Yeah. I think, the thing that my coach. So one of the other pieces with, with her was that I hired a coach specifically because again, I, I knew it would just be such a challenge to, try to finish just given conditions. Right. Um, so I'll give a if it's okay with you, give a shout out and I guess a minor plug to to Alex Papadopoulos. Um, Sickly saw Alex because he's um, maybe wrong. But I think Alex has finished hurt more than any other runner ever. I think he did fifteen or more. Um, oh he either wow. Finishes or starts. So he he knows that course better. Obviously not this year's course, but knows the course better than pretty much anyone. Um, but one thing he and I talked about a lot was just that while the the training, like you and I may not have the best training conditions, it does force us to do some of this stupid stuff of like going to your hundred foot hill and doing repeats on it for eight hours on end or whatever that may look like. And yeah. so that physical training may not be as good as like Killian going out and running the uh, Dolomites or whatever for whatever number of hours or miles but that mental Mm -hmm. training is so much better than most because it takes a hell of an individual to be able to run a hundred foot hill 500 times in a day or a week or whatever that is And i think that really was a a difference maker for for me in my race because i mean physically i am nothing special like just to be clear since i don't think you put video with this podcast like I am not a, a physical specimen, dear listener. There is nothing special about me, but I think that was something that separated me from like the X number of people that DNF hurt was that there's like, there's just that desire to keep pushing. Um, and I think right. I can attribute it to some of those eight hour days of just doing repeats on this stupid yellow, white connector in Oak mountain state park in mm-hmm. Pelham, Alabama that stupid hill <laughs> yeah.
0: oh yeah up and down yeah that, that's a couple times yeah. a couple times i i've uh i this year um we we got a treadmill and so i definitely have um i definitely have a uh a lot of plan to do um tread climbing and fortunately my treadmill also goes down 6% so that nice. I'm really excited for to be able to do some down you know extended down training um but it, it still got to get out and do the do those hill repeats too you know I know that for sure um so the, you know, when it when I looked at your your photos from her, one one of the things that I, I I noticed and I thought was really interesting. You look way too fresh at that finish line, holding your buckle. Like this photo here. Like wh- no, come on. Did you shower first?
1: Well, well, I essentially walked it in at that point. Like it's. My, I have my uh, I was breaking down my, um, oh my gosh see what's on the front of this from flashing that on camera um, I broke down my loop so my first loop I went out way too high as you as you do uh, yeah. which you didn't like you said at Pandera but I did um, I hit a 527 which was easily 20 minutes faster than anticipated Then hit a 625 next loop and then my three following loops were all around 70 and so Mm. just slowed down so much after that um but especially the final descent is just such a, a technical descent down um but i think by the time i finally got close enough and could see the finish line i just had such a reinvigoration like physically mentally like by the time I could see it, I was bawling my eyes out. There's just so so much excitement to finally be done and to cross that line and to get my buckle and everything. So, I mean, it was just, I don't know if I truly look fresh or not. <laughs> I finally actually felt good crossing that finish line just being done, which nice. maybe showed.
0: Yeah. Well, and it was very cool. There, they did have a live stream of, uh, the, uh, the finish line. And so, uh, a lot of us did get to see that, um, in pretty real time. So, uh, that was, that was really cool. I, I do like that. Um, it is cool to see that when races have it available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, uh, that was neat, especially cause you're, you know, I was thinking about it and I'm like, because i literally it was literally the same weekend as bandera so i was um i was finishing and then we were in the middle of texas where there's no cell phone signal and i was like oh i probably won't find it and i was like, wait 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 wait, wait. no 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 he's in hawaii i've got hours <laughs> i'll be fine i'll be back to civilization in time so um that was cool to follow along and and be able to to see the finish there for you. Um, how are you? What? Where's your head at now? Um, what's next? Or are you, you want? Do you ever want to do hurt again?
1: Uh, yes, I think. I don't know when next hurt will be in my book. Um, this one, again, it, it took a lot. The training, and then. Actually, being there. So, my wife is a doctor in residency, and so she's on and She was gracious enough and wonderful enough to, to let me go on this journey. And obviously, that's a, a huge ask of any life partner. Mm-hmm. And so, i appreciate appreciative of that. So, if I were to get in again, it would only go if she's able to join me next time. Supplies so obviously just a, a huge haul, and um, it was just a lot, but definitely, it was just such a, a wonderful community. I think a, a couple other two other people I want to highlight um, are my two pacers. So, I've never had pacers for a race before. Um, mm-hmm. it hurts definitely one that is helpful to have them, but um, never met either until race day um oh nice my first one tyler was a local he actually faced gary robbins who's the men's course record holder um, so he was super cool i felt really bad because he didn't start pacing me until like 2 a.m um and so he just uh-huh. got the absolute worst version of me um but he was absolutely awesome um, and then the second guy I literally didn't meet until i got in. And so he was some, the boyfriend of this woman I met when I was course marking on Thursday. Um, but I think again, it just highlights the the awesome community Hurt has, and that the you know, ultra community has that people are just showing up to pace for random strangers. Um, and so shout out to Nico and Tyler who were just absolutely awesome helping me mean, cross that finish line. Uh, yes, Hurt's a most definite yes. I did in again. Highly recommended. Um, such a a fantastic experience. Um, I think beyond that, it's physically just trying to recover. Um, obviously, I'm my ankle low bearing. Uh, I can walk on it, put miles on it that way. But trying to take it easy, even back in. Um, yeah, I already signed up for a race because, you're an ultramarathoner, if you haven't signed up for a race already that's until late April so I got some time what is it uh, it's called the Fondren Urban Ultra it is in Jackson Mississippi uh, it's just a okay. 12 hour Just a, never done a, a true just like flat time event I've done some last man sandings, but never okay. just a, a 12 hour like go get it type of thing so mm-hmm. excited to see what I can do there um, looking those are at
0: my those yeah. are some to me timed events are just some of my like the most fun you can have yeah. uh like certainly you can be very competitive at them and you know try it you know if that's what you want but like every timed event i've done was just the best time i just had so much fun yeah. you know meeting people doing the loops and like They're fantastic.
1: And I'm trying to stay pretty local for it. So I'm excited to see what, like, the Southern Mississippi running community is like and um, experience a little bit more of the the local community. But then I'm looking at Merrill's Mile over in uh, Georgia, which is another time event, looking to do the 48-hour to really Mm. go for it again, just kind of swing for the fences. Uh, see what I can do in 40 hours Um, and then looking at another 100 in probably aiming to run dots uh, but we'll see if I can get up to to Wisconsin for it because I love Mm -hmm. last man standing format Um, but and then last one will probably be another 100 towards the end of the year the Mamba 100 in Memphis which is okay. a newer race. But again, trying to stay local and they had a really a pretty wild turnout for their first year last year. They had 55 finishers and hmm. like over almost 100 people signed up for the 100. And then they have a, a bunch of other distances, so. Nice. But again, just excited to see the, the growth of ultra running and relatively local to my community
0: yeah it is it is nice to have more options out there um i know there's a lot of uh, fairly reasonable assertion that maybe there's too many hundreds um but as a runner Like having options, having stuff that I can sign up for and not necessarily have to have to sign up for it, you know, a year in advance um, or, you you know, give let me have time to figure out what I want to do um, is nice. It really, you know, it's so I. We know some race a race director. I know a few race directors, and I understand why they would much me rather me sign up as soon as I even have the thought of of running their race um but there there's a reality that as a runner it it is it it helps us to be able to sign up a little closer to the event um if we can um, we
1: also appreciate those race directors that have nice deferral policies.
0: We do. Deferral policies are awesome. Um, very much. Especially if your deferral policy allows you to move to other races by the same race company. Yes. Because then you're not necessarily like, oh, the only race I could go to again is Run Rabbit Run. And not, you know, it's like, well... But not to... I actually have no clue about anything. Run, rabbit, run! Deferral (laughs) policy. It's just the one I'm signed up for, so um, nothing he gets. I actually um, got to run with him at Badger. Oh, uh, the race.
1: What's his name
0: again? Oh God, I'm not going to remember it now. Um, Yeah, he was really he was he was interesting to run with for a minute. Um, We were. It was me. And Steve Tercy running with him for a little while, and he and Steve were having a a nice chat. And uh, I was kind of in like zombie mode a little bit, but I got to to hear a little bit of it. Um, really cool guy. Um, yeah, it's gonna kill me. Ooh. Um, I did, I did while we were chatting. I confirm. It's Hawaii Ultra Running Team. That's that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was, I was a little. Oh my god! So okay, so you've got, you've definitely got a few, you know, stuff you want to do this year. Um, the the race in Memphis, um what's that what's the terrain of that race like
1: um it's a trip i think mostly trail but pretty like flat like relatively easy trail i think i'm not looking to do anything to hurt ask anything super verty, super i wouldn't mind necessarily technical but not looking to do anything super verty. Again, for at least the rest of this year um okay. the training alone was just so much and i think was uh just a little challenging for for family time and just finding time with my my wife and so um again combined with going away to by myself was, was a lot of times of one person so right trying to be more mindful of that while still letting myself run a hundred miles somewhere so um <laughs> Trying to keep it local, but um, that combined with a, hopefully a training cycle that I, I feel confident in that I can do here in Mississippi, um, right? Yeah, well. so also looked at nice one hour versus four hours is still an easier argument to say.
0: It's oh wow, it's only four hours for you to
1: tunnel, yeah, home? it's weirdly close.
0: That's wow. great. You you might be closer to Tunnel Hill than I. Am. Yeah,
1: it's in. It's just so far south in Illinois.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, if you do go to Tunnel Hill, you can go to Metropolis and get your picture with Superman. <laughs> it's very close. It's right on the uh, Kentucky border, across from Paducah, nice. and uh, yeah, they got a giant yeah. Superman statue and there's this uh Superman like store and museum. And it was, uh it was like this really bizarre moment of like, <laughs> I just dropped from a race. I feel as far from Superman as I possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then you go and like you, you see him and it, it was actually pretty neat. Um, so that's, that's a, yeah, a nice little, nice little thing to do there. Um, so that's your next year. Do you have, um, in, in a, a, you know, what I'm hearing is like, it's not that you don't want to do vert. It's that there are, are logistical challenges to it. And so, you know, maybe that's an every couple of years kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so her actually um, this year I assume maybe every year if I have to guess or pretty frequently as a Western States qualifier, so I'll have yep. a ticket in. So I'll see if I can one ticket wander into Western States next year. Um, if you but, do, I'll just throw this
0: out here that I am an experienced Western States <laughs> crew and pacer. Yeah. You're on
1: the list already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I, I I I so speaking of states so Bandera is a states qualifier too but you have to finish in 17 hours so um I finished in 1850 so no ticket for me for but Run Rabbit Run is a states qualifier it's also a hard rock qualifier it's one of the very few that are both um so um you know, I really, I hadn't had Hard Rock on my radar because it is just such a phenomenally difficult race. But what I'm kind of been thinking about, and I'm interested in your take on this, is I'm attracted to the mountain races not because they're gnar and they're really hard and like I want to, but because I feel like I can get to a point where. I can spend a a long ass time power hiking and climbing. I can't run a hundred miles. Like I know I can't run a hundred miles. I can't, I'm not at the point yet where I can run 50 miles. I can run a marathon. I can run a 50 K. Um, until like, so until the day comes, if it ever comes that I can run, a hundred miles, or I can at least make a, 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 you know, a good attempt at it. I'm not. It it does take away a bit of my interest in running stuff that's, quote unquote, fast and flat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think I enjoyed. It. Well, I mean, I think Badger fits into that. Wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flat. So, I mean. I think there's a lot of fast and flat that is still fun out there. And I think that's yeah. that's I think part of my interest in trying Mamba too is to see if I can potentially get to that level, even if it's not a a full hundred of running. Can I do like how much of we... Yeah. Right. I, for, that I was trying to do a five minute run, two minute walk strategy, and again that blew up on me at my thirty, but um mm-hmm. If I, could have, if I could have paced out pretty decently, so I think my goal for going into Mamba is to make it my sub twenty four attempt. Um, okay, which is calling a shot here very early in in twenty twenty four that I didn't intend cool. to do. So here's writing a check that hopefully I can cash at some point. Well, um,
0: it's it, you know sub twenty four obviously is not easy. But I mean, you did badger in twenty six and change, and that was in July in humidity you're going Mamba is in November um and even in you know it even though it's in Tennessee i mean it's it still gets cold there in November mm-hmm. like yeah. you're gonna i mean you're gonna you're gonna have favorable temperatures, so you know i absolutely believe you can do it like you know it's it'll be uh that and that that would be a really cool yeah. accomplishment
1: yeah yeah so that's that is still my interest i think there's still a lot of fun to be had at some of those flat and fast but i also very much am mentally more drawn to to the mountains like anytime i'm tra- and not even just races at this point um Just called to the mountains at this point. Like yeah living in the flatlands, it just doesn't do it. Like there's, there's just something about those the mountainous regions that aesthetically is amazing. uh The air just feels better. Like everything <laughs> just feels great. Um, and those races, obviously, it's just like scenically are just beautiful. Yeah. Like run, rabbit, run again. It's just going to be absolutely awesome for you. Um, I you know and you're
0: you're completely right that the thing i i think is worth calling out is that badger was pretty too just in a different way mm-hmm. and you know when i first moved to the midwest i didn't really i i certainly i did not appreciate the environment that i was in um because you know i grew up in pennsylvania uh, with the Appalachian Trail, like six miles from my house um I've spent tons of time out west, and I love the mountains absolutely gorgeous so you know, I moved to the midwest and i I love Chicago the city it's a it's a fascinating and awesome place, but like the Midwest for itself was always like eh, you know it's it's flat it's you know it's not very interesting but like i think running badger one of the one of the things i took away from it was like when that sun came up and i was i don't know probably uh i was getting close to monroe at that point on the way back up and you see the sun come up over the cornfields. It's mm. like, it. it's still, it is pretty. And you can find there, there is, it's not like, I understand what you're saying. There is beauty in these flat races too.
1: Absolutely. I think that's part of it is probably just having, being the person that doesn't live in the mountains. Like if, when you're walking yeah. out the door, seeing it every day, you're probably saying, well, Maybe you're not saying I would love to see the flatlands, but you're probably not as impressed by them. So this is me being a flatlander wanting to see mountains more often. Yeah, absolutely. That, that honestly is still one of my favorite memories of from badgers. The sun coming up as I'm girding in towards, or the sun was already up, but it was still low enough. And yep. dew was still on the, the grass and everything. And there were some like sand cranes or whatever the hell those birds were um, out yeah. in one of the fields and it was just like just such a, a peaceful quiet part of the morning so i was somehow all by myself in that section and it was just absolutely awesome and i think as, as scotty says the the race director for badger it's like it's not how does he always phrase it it's not like it's not beautiful it's not gorgeous but it's just nice and that, yeah. that moment for me like it truly encapsulated. it was just such a, a nice image of that moment and especially for whatever mileage that was at like 85 90, right. 90 i don't know uh um, and mentally that was like exactly what i needed like that that was just such a, a perfect encapsulation of that race
0: yeah i i will uh did uh i had so you you mentioned you didn't have pacers until hurt so you didn't have a pacer at badger um i did i did have a pacer at badger and uh this is just my favorite thing. Is after we turned around in Orangeville, started heading back north, I got the sleepies super, super bad, and um, that would it, it for for people listening. This is one of those things where like people always say when they're talking about oh, I learned so much at the race. But then they rarely ever like detail what they learned. Here's what I learned at Badger, and I applied it at Bandera. Caffeine, have caffeine. Yes. <laughs> like, get it early. Get it often. Don't wait till you need it because it's too late. Um, yes. But yeah, I got to sleepy so bad, and he um, he was at one point he was holding my arm and i was asleep i was still running and i was asleep and he was holding my arm just to make sure i didn't go off course and it, <laughs> and i yeah paul i don't i don't remember like there there was so much i didn't remember there was a there were two dirt naps i had a dirt nap um shortly after orangeville and then I needed a second one in Monroe. I got to Monroe. I could see my brother who was crewing me and my Pacers girlfriend, uh, Lindsay, they were they had set up a spot for me to go and and I crossed the timing mat at Monroe and I fell over and just <laughs> slept there for a few minutes. <laughs> and, um yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's learning. That That's what you're, these are the kind of things you learn. You need caffeine. I,
1: well, you know what? Maybe between our two experiences, maybe there's just something about that trail that makes you extra sleepy. Because be. I hit the sleepies right around the same points. And mm-hmm. at no point was I that Like, I don't know how. And I ran yeah. an extra RAM, an extra nine hours at her. And, again, may have been some extra caffeine, but, yeah, they're... a eight, huge wallet back here Yeah. I was, still don't fully know why.
0: I was at, you know, I, w- I got to... I did Bandera in just under 19 hours, and so I was crossing the, the finish line at, like, 1 in the morning, about, I think it was, and... So by that point at Badger, I was starting to struggle and at Bandera, I was fine. I, you know, I didn't. So I wonder if part of it is one, I did take a lot more caffeine, but I wonder, you know, if part of it is just mentally like you're expecting to get the sleepies Mm -hmm. or that it might be a problem. And so you're kind of counteracting it, but I don't know. But, um, this, you know, this is co- going from, from Badger to Hurt. Uh, that is that is a pretty, uh, that is a pretty awesome accomplishment, sir.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's, it was fun to, outside of the people that went from, but it was their first Hurt. I feel like it's a, a pretty solid jump. Because what does Badger have? 3,000? feet again. Maybe. <laughs> if that <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a pretty decent jump to, to make. Uh so I still feel pretty good. Um oh So I wanted to make sure to bring this back up. Uh, oh okay. We talk about how in the US there's just no no real recognition um, for Culture running for the sport, mm-hmm. and this was really emphasized for me for this race especially. And so uh, I was coming into hurt thinking that again, it's you're in Hawaii, so I assumed that at least on in the race in Honolulu on the island of Oahu, if I'm getting all of that right. Um, okay, and so I assumed at least in in Honolulu and the Waikiki area where I was staying, where the race was being held, that like people, like the people I was staying, or like the hotel staff, like the people I was interacting with would recognize her, like would understand what her was. So I, my pacer very really nicely dropped me off at my hotel with my car, with all my stuff, um, and walk around as you do after you run a hundred miles, working like <laughs> all <laughs> bloody, muddy, whatever, um, and so I check in, like the hotel staffs just give me weird eyes, like, like not really asking any questions, but just like, who is this man? Like, what, what the hell did he just get in like a bar fight? Um, and so they, for how much stuff I had, they had me, uh, take a bell man, like to bring it up with me. He's like, <laughs> so what, like, what do you just do? And I had like, Kurt gives you like a nice fleece jacket. Like I had a hat on, like I was repping everything. Um, right i just ran the hurt 100 and i was like oh i just ran ran the race um he was like oh, okay cool what what race and i was like oh the the hurt 100 he was like okay what's that and i was like I, like you you don't automatically know and it just really reminded me like people don't frankly give a shit about ultra running like we do no. this purely for us like yes it, again like None of what we do in in the best way possible, none of what we do actually matters. Like it is just a great reinforcer that like at any point you can be on that course. And if you're not having fun, I'm not telling you to quit, but you should be out there doing this. And if you don't have a good reason to like, you got to reassess this because this yeah. should be fun for you. Um, Like unless you're a sponsored athlete, like unless you're Courtney or Jim or Killian, like what are you doing this for? Like no one's got a gun to your head, no one's like holding your family or children hostage. If anything, you're you're taking away time from them to do this. So uh sorry, that was a a long rant and weird anecdote, but wanted to bring that back because it was just kind of a a weird situation that really has just stuck with me.
0: I've I've had similar things happen because you know, if you run a marathon, you know, people are aware of marathons no. and you know uh especially if you run a big city one and you know everyone knows it and um and, and people will be like oh my god you ran a marathon that's awesome good for, you know and you know one the general public doesn't know how long a marathon actually is which has always fascinated me uh but people here a 100 miles and unless you're like having an engaged conversation with them, like I think it's just so out of the realm of possibility for so many people that they can't compute it. Yeah, like they're like, "You did what? Okay, cool." And, you know, and and that's where it it begins and ends for them. And um, uh, it's it, it's interesting, and you know. The, the talking about the cultural differences, and i th- I do feel like to a certain degree that for a lot of people in the United States, like the idea of doing really long endurance events is just fanciful you know th- for a lot of people the most difficult thing you could possibly do is an iron man. And I mean, no, <laughs> there's <laughs> stuff well beyond that. And it's just, it's just so it's weird. And, um, you're right. you Like I tell people all the time, like you have to want to do this. Like, it, cause it's not always going to be fun. It's, not and I think that's like the kind of like the one thing I would always tweak on that phrase a little bit is it, it, it's not always going to be fun. if it's not the I wouldn't say quit if you're not having fun drop but I would say if you're not having the experience that you wanted to
1: have yeah
0: that is like don't kill like there's there's no there is no glory in continuing on um if it doesn't serve your goals. Um and what you want. Yeah, you know? like, so
1: I was fully ready. Like I'm very not a death before DNF type of person. Like I'm fully ready for like if I know that if I truly felt that like when I twist my ankle, like I was gonna do Farm that would stop me from ever running again or would like cost right. me to spend ridiculous money in a really crappy healthcare system, then I would have dropped like I have no problem saying it would have taken a lot because of how much I put into this race that um, that is not my mentality but like I knew I was going to suffer that. like I mentally knew that was the experience I was ready for that was what I prepared for. Right basically that was like what I signed up for this race for. Like, again, isn't built. as like this, this like rainbows and unicorns type of race. Like it is meant as a good community, not necessarily meant as an easy test. Right. Um, And so, yeah, I I like your, like if it's not the experience you want, um, it doesn't have to be fun because that may not be the experience you were looking for, but it should be at least the experience you're looking for. I like that. Um,
0: I think, uh, one one last thing I'd like to bring up, um, and we could we could start wrapping down, is uh that Badger is actually the second time that you and I have gone head to head in a race. Hmm. You beat me both times, but it is the second time. Care to take a guess the first time. Um without pulling it up.
1: Um <sighs> what else would you have you would have had to come down like this direction were you at Sillamo nope
0: you're gonna kick yourself when I tell you
1: that's the only one I would uh, were you at that random nine hour like overnight race No. nope okay and I got nothing
0: 2021 Chicago Marathon
1: Ah, oh, what? <laughs> that should have been my first guess. Um,
0: which was my first marathon. Um, Same. Yep, and uh, I I went into that race with such wildly dumb <laughs> expectations of what I could do.
1: Same.
0: Oh my goodness. Um what what a I I ended up coming in four fifty-eight fifty eight. I was so happy to be under five hours. Um but uh uh yeah, no, it just that day was just so bad
1: for <laughs> uh, I had uh, similar high hopes and spoiled expectations. And I think that was, going back to Dunning-Kruger, I think that was the the peak of my road-running Dunning-Kruger of thinking I know everything and not knowing absolutely nothing. Um, And it was, yeah, I learned very quickly that I knew nothing. That was the year that they had Chicago and Boston on the same weekend. So I yeah. remember meeting a handful of people that were wearing their, like, Boston jackets from previous years, and I was like, whoa, you're running, like, like are you, you're not running both of these, like, ha!" and, like, a bunch of them were like, yep, I'm going to run this, and then fly out tonight, and then run the other one tomorrow, and I was like, okay, that's wild. Uh, so, yeah, that, that well, was a, and- an interesting experience.
0: You know, funny about that, there was somebody in my run club who was one of those people. And what she was saying was like, because of the way packet pickup worked, she had to fly to Boston, do, or she did packet pickup in Chicago, flew to Boston, did packet pickup in Boston, flew back to Chicago, ran Chicago, then flew to Boston to run the Boston. Like, it was, it was like, I I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) so oh the silly things the silly things we do um as runners uh I, i i it does tickle me endlessly though because all of the people who i started running with in the the running club as a road runner um they you know they're all looking at me like you you've just gone off the deep end man like with this with this trail running crap, what is wrong with you?
1: <laughs> At the, I'll give a, another shout out. There's this uh, one guy that was a student here in uh, Ole Miss, in this the town I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. He was a road runner, very very fast. His easy pace is like a seven thirty, um, and would always like joke like and suggest like he should get into like 50 K's at least cuz he would be able to sweep like do really well like i think Scotty talks about it uh, a lot like if uh, a good like solid marathoner jumped into a 50k they could probably wipe the floor with with ultra runners um and so he finally did it and ran a sub 4 50k for his first race um and so he's about to run um Black Canyon next weekend in hopes of trying to he's aiming big uh going for a golden ticket. So Oh wow um, wanna give him a shout out and high hopes and uh, all the good vibes.
0: Yeah. Good luck to him. Uh that that is uh that that is uh, I I like it. I like it. I, I love talking like and hearing about people this is what's so cool about the store is you know there are there are people who are kind of further in the back and who know they're never going to be competitive or at least they're not they know they're not competitive now um they're competitive maybe they're competitive with themselves but um you know but they, they they understand and then there are the people who are legitimately competitive and their mindset is just so wild um to, to get behind because I, just as runners, you know, how, how many people really are competitive. It, it's, it's a pretty small group of people, especially now that so many, so much is a, it's an international stage, mm-hmm. um, it really whittles it down. But you know, this sport is so small that you get, you still legitimately have an opportunity to interact, you know, with these people. Like if, if I were, to, you know, get into Hard Rock or States. Like, I'm going to be on the start line with the same people. Now, granted, I'll be further back out there somewhere. Um, But still, it is really cool. Uh, Anything else you wanted to share before we close it down?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that you will be running, let me jump over to results I want to say you'll be running. running with, with your various who won her, um, and so I'll just say he was for a couple of times that he looped me and passed me um, was very nice and was very encouraging in in his very right. speedy flybys. So if you get a chance to interact with him uh, during the race. uh, he's great but um just to reiterate on that that is one of the really cool parts yeah ultras are still that you can be on the line with these these people that in other sports would be in a very literally differently different atmosphere but you can be at the same same exact space
0: so do you um so the run rabbit runs interesting too because they the way it operates there's Two groups. There's the hares and there's the tortoises, Um, and so I am very much in the tortoise group. So the tortoises start earlier, um, and tortoises can have uh, can have pacers and crew, and um, hares can't, Um, and they start later. So once the hares kick off, like all of the hares will pass you um at, during the race and um it's kind of it, it's an interesting it's an interesting way to go about it for sure um and uh uh i'm 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 looking forward to seeing how that but i i noticed that too that uh ihor um uh will be there so that that's that's pretty cool that's pretty cool
1: so uh, sorry i just pulled up the Elevation profile for Run Rabbit Run. That
0: is, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, well, and it's, it's the, what's 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 fun about that is um, there are Run Rabbit Run, Ultra Run Magazine, various Stravas all have very wildly different <laughs> um, estimates of vert for this yeah. race. It's like it ranges from 16,000 to 22,000 feet depending on where you look and uh but what it comes down to is there are three 3500 foot climbs and then there's another you know significant climb in between um the second and third big climbs um so it, you know it, it's going to be challenging i know it's going to be hard and that's part of I'm excited to have to take on a challenge that I know, like I can't like I can't sleep on the training. Like I'm going, I need to train and train well. And, um, you know, that, that I think works well for me and, in motivation. Um, because when I, when I have a race where I know I can show up and finish if thing you know, if things hadn't gone very well, you know, just kind of a middling thing it is i can get i can certainly let it get past me but so yeah a little up and down a little up and down so well elliot thank you so much for coming on you said 100 miles Mm -hmm. uh this has been just a, a very fun very fun chat and um, I do hope our paths get to cross again soon. Uh, if you do end up coming up to dots, I'll probably be there.
1: Um, but yeah, I appreciate so, it. My friend. Thanks for the uh, good time.
0: Yes, sir. So, uh, thank you to, uh, everyone listening. Um, you know, definitely, uh, keep an eye on Elliot here. He's going to, um, he's going to do some silly, silly stuff in the future. I just know it. He's he's got, he's got that look in his eye of like, yeah, I'm going to not do this year, but it's it's going to to come back. I'm going to, so. (laughs) No, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So thanks for listening everyone. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Cheers.